this is not my best time of day, man. I'm I sorry. No, it's not. I wasn't complaining to you. I just like, I don't have many words. I have a lot of words at the beginning of the day, much to the sadness probably of my family members who oh, happen to be awake. <laughs> so you get kind of a fog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I, I was looking for something and I forgot. Oh, the thing. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics for you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffin. What's on your mind this week? Anything? Oh, man. No, it's pretty much scattered. There's too much going on. There's There's so much going on, Amy. I can't keep up with national news. The the president always does something even more stupider than he did, even though I don't even know if stupider is a word, so I really shouldn't say it. But I'll tell you what I was, you know, on my way here from being late for the pot. I was listening to in the media or on the media on the media today. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the militia groups and how they use Zello Z E L L O. What's that? It's almost like a walkie talkie. They can record real quick. They can press a button record and then let it go. And they're communicating back and forth. And these journalists just sat there and listened to these guys go back and forth. It was scary. They're letting you listen to some of the things these guys are saying. And it shows how how Trump and their the language has gotten them fired up to f- make them believe. And even police, even local police, thanking them when they're helping do security and that kind of things. Police saying, hey, thank you. We want to thank you for you know, helping us out. And so it's making them feel even more empowered, making them feel like they are helping out, giving them this hero complex. It almost sounds like the bigger group is actually the three percenters. Everybody falls in line with the three percenters. And then there's several subgroups after the three percenters. Man, it's it's going to get scary, man. Anyway, what's on your mind? Well, that's definitely a piece of it. It's interesting to me how eventually everything seems to fall into our divide. Like masks are a part of politics and I can't wrap my head around how contagious illness could become political. Mm -hmm. But I thought that there's a new billboard on South Walnut that says, "If, if you back the men in blue, Republicans do vote for us or something like that. It's like a poem. It's like you hate child uh oh, wait, child trafficking too yes it's so so you should back this like what we were talking about the the questions that we get in our email from far right groups because of course i've signed up for multiple ones but there are things like um uh, do you hate socialism or do you hate your grandmother like so that really the only choice that you could make is that hating hating. yes exactly <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. 
if you support Black Lives Matter, then you hate police officers. Right. It's like that little thing. Remember in, in, in elementary school, that little pie thing that you did that people they know yes no yeah oh yeah the little finger thing how do you describe it i I don't think boys ever knew how to do it it, but girls fortune teller yes uh and it's got four little corners and you put your fingers in it and you go you stretch them forward and back and then out and back and then forward and back and then out and back and then you hold it open and then you say pick a number and they pick a number and you move your fingers that many times and if it's an odd number, then it'll be on the other set of answers. Mm. Do you like me? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that. I don't know. How, how does this relate? <laughs> I don't know. About? I was saying it's it's so simplistic the way yes. they're, they're yeah. thinking. The thinking that you have to be yes or no. There is no waffling. You can't waffle. You have to, uh, when you think too much or think at all, there's a whole set of people who think that you should just act on instinct. Right. So we wouldn't have any of our messy parts if, if we acted that fast without thinking. Exactly. Bloomington had budget meetings this week and that's fun, right? Yeah. And part of the budget was to add positions to the police here, including I think two social workers and a data person. Okay. In the meantime, I see this tweet at Sarah underscore Ziggy. She's talking about a friend in Northeast Iowa works as a child care provider. Her home was raided by the local sheriff who found no drugs or weapons in the home. The sheriff called CPS to report that they found Narcan in her home. Okay, so Narcan is the overdose reversal drug mm-hmm. that everyone should have. Yeah, I've got it at my office. The yeah, I've got time. it at my office too. And CPS is Child Protective Services. The end of this, it's a, it's a thread that CPS ruled she had endangered children by having drugs in the home. What? They called Narcan drugs? Yes. What? And so now they are on a child abuse registry. And it says this is a small town and this friend and her husband are the only POC who live there. And the reason for the raid was that the neighbors reported burnt looking aluminum foil. That could have been from a cookout for potatoes, (laughs) you know, you know, you got potatoes on the grill and you wrapped them with God dang it. Social workers who work for child protective agencies have so much power. They can decide to take kids out. Mm -hmm. They can place them in foster care. And this is not to say that so those social workers are bad, yeah. but they run on the same model. It's the same way of thinking that fuels our police. Sort of this, either you're good or you're bad, you're with me or you're bad. Mm-hmm. And they fall into the whole, but the children, will someone think of the children argument where they can say, well, what I'm doing is to protect children. So it's a good thing, this thing that I'm doing. And because it's a good thing that I'm doing, I'm less likely to spend some time looking at the uh, racism that is guiding me in making, in, in making these calls. In recent decades, it used to be an even higher rate of Black families were targeted, like their percentage of the population versus their percentage of the families in, in the CPS system did not match up. 
And then the second piece of it was it the substantiated, like the, the calls that then the CPS worker said, yes, this is true, was much, much higher in black families. And you told that story yeah. about them calling after that sheriff came to harass you for being in your office. Yeah. We were wrapping up and then you said, well, the next day uh, CPS came to our house. Yeah. And said there was no big deal. And yeah, the guy was wrong and all that other good stuff. And my dad actually went in and talked to the police chief. Not, it wasn't actually the police chief. It was the sheriff, sheriff. Yeah. Uh, about it. And I think the guy was somehow disciplined. Ooh. Really where I'm going with this is that social workers need to be thinking about systems of oppression and how we participate in them. Participating in systems of oppression is counter to social work values. And so what's hard about this week with the police is they're talking about how they're going to replace there, I don't know about replace police, but they were adding two social workers to it. Mm -hmm. I was in a group conversation about this. And one of the questions was, is this a step in the right direction at least? And I think I find that to be a really hard question. It's kind of a hybrid of this whole movement to defund police. And what's happening is uh, our police force is trying to change and add a lot of the things, the components of defunding the police without actually defunding. Right. But In the sense that instead of having a police officer talk to people who would really need a social worker, they're putting that social worker in. You understand what I'm saying? We, one of the points that someone made in this conversation that I really appreciated was that if you are like, so as a social worker, a lot of times you, you specialize, mm -hmm. right? You're a school social worker, in which case you work with the school system and with students and with families, but, or you are a hospice social worker and you work in that area, or you work with a rehab place. But if you were a social worker for the police, you would wind up being like an extremely there's no telling what you would be doing. You would be doing in one day hospice, substance misuse, mental illness, housing, like all of these different things that it would be almost impossible for someone to be good at all of those things. But right but, now you have police doing those. That, right, those but we have, we have places in our community that already know how to do that. We've got lots of harm reduction people that are, that are out there and we could put the funding that's going to go into... Oh, I see. The police having social workers and redirect it to the actual agencies that need the money to do their work, that would be a much more efficient use of the money as, mm. as a starting argument. I get it. So don't reinvent the wheels, just sub out the things that you need to the community. Yeah, that's smart, actually. That makes yeah. sense. So, so that's one angle to the adding social workers. But when the more I thought about, like, is this a step in the right direction, the more it feels like our carceral state and how we act is like this big disgusting like the remnants of a pond where it's just like a foot deep of gross mud and we're all walking around in it like we need to get all the way out of it stepping around inside that muck doesn't really this this is not holding up this analogy but you i see what you're saying i'm just saying i don't know that there's steps i think there's get out of it and don't do it 
Has another community done that yet? Have they defunded their police force completely yet? In the sense that people are saying defund the police. There was a letter from local social workers, an open letter to city council members when they were doing the budget hearing about this. And they list communities that have done some alternative things to police. So I I think there are models that we can learn from. And it's hard. I keep thinking of like the story of the person who's like wandering around. There's a house and right in front of the house, this person is on the stoop looking around and picking up stuff and looking under it and like looking in all the corners and someone walks up and says, can I help you? And the person says, well, I'm, I'm looking, I've lost my keys. And so the second person starts looking around with them and they're all looking around. And then the second person says, Hey, where did you last see him? And the first person is like, Oh, over there and points to like a completely different place. And the second person says, well, why are you looking here for them? And the person says, well, this is where the light is. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's better than your mud analogy. <laughs> Thank you. When but, but I see it. I'm still visualizing. Them. <laughs> they lost their of... keys in the mud. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I commend the police force for attempting to adjust. I think our, our police department locally is, is, is good with that. Um, I guess I'm just not sure it's going to be enough, you know. That the police force won't be able to do enough? I, I, don't, I don't know if the change is enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm not comfortable with, I'm confused. Let's put it that way. You know what this I mean? This is hard. Like we've done a lot of shifting and changing in I think we have to. And, having too. And, I, and, you know, I've been part of, I went to a thing called Divided Community. I think we've talked about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> where, I, where, where I've worked with the, I work with the police uh, chief in, in trying to come up with ideas. And we're working on a task force right now as well that's going to, represent the entire community where we're going to seek people throughout the entire community that can act as a task force for 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 the police and the interaction that the police have with the the public Uh, so it's going to be very diverse people of color homeless you're going to have people that that don't have homes in the task force Uh uh-huh yeah wonderful yeah we're kind of we're kind of fleshing it out at the same time though the uh, not the same time because we started ours first, to be honest with you. The uh, some some folks on the city council are trying to create a a thing that they call CAP. I don't remember the community <laughs> action program community. Cap. Uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know. You look it up. I think Isabel Piedmont is is involved in that. It's kind of dubious in the sense that they put this together, but asked no people of color or people that. Uh, you know, to put it together, you know what I mean? Yeah, but we'll see. But I don't know enough about what they're doing, but there have been talks on trying to bridge the two things together. But I I, I think we're kind of at an impasse right now. This sounds like something that might play out in the groups that you're mentioning. The tendency of liberal white people to ask like their black friend to speak for all black people. Yeah. I did that when we had a group at UU that I asked you to come talk at our group. It was a long time ago. Yeah, but that's, I, I, 
Mm, I mean, sometimes you have to pick the tool that, you, you know, if I had a problem with it, I wouldn't have done it. Right. Yes. And I feel like we know each other well enough that that we can do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm where I'm at. This is my community. Yeah. And I know that I, if I want it to be better, I have to be willing to step over the line and talk to people. Yeah. And, and I'll say, and here's the thing, I will tell people, hey, I don't represent all Black people, but this is, this is my experience. Mm-hmm. These are the experiences that I know some Black people might have. Raisins and potato salad is not something that I want to deal with. And I think most Black people feel the same way. <laughs> That doesn't mean that there are not a so there there there's not a black person that doesn't mind raisins in their potato salad. <laughs> I'm sorry. So speaking of your experience, now would be a time you could tell the second half of that story. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell it. I want to say it's probably a year later. I get a knock at the door, and it's the police. At your office. Yes. And they ask me uh, what my name is, if you know what my name is, and I tell them I'm, I'm Don Griffin. Said, they said, "Okay, you're you're under arrest." And they put me in handcuffs, and uh, they tell me it's for failure to appear in court. And this is in Grand Plaza. Yeah. yeah. And they take me through the street, right on. College, mm-hmm. handcuffs, downtown strip. Yep, and and uh, and put me in a in a police car. It's about four thirty, something like that. I, I can't remember if I didn't. You know, I I I don't remember what. It, maybe I didn't appear. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember. I I keep thinking that I did. My story kind of changes because <laughs> it's been so long. You know. Yeah. And I had a speeding ticket. I was supposed to pay the speeding ticket. It was in Martinsville, right? This is a Friday. And let's be honest, like sometimes you forget and then you (laughs) go, then you go and you pay it. And no, it's not a big, it's not a big damn deal. Right. But anyway, let's just assume I forgot to pay. I'm going to just say, I forgot to pay it. Okay. So Friday, five o'clock this is when they do it yes so they come to my so mad office and they put me in a they they put me under arrest put me in the squad car take me to the jail and i'm like hey can i call my lawyer i need to call my lawyer no you're not you're, you're not even booked you can't call your lawyer what do you mean i can't call my lawyer you haven't been booked for anything So this lasts till like six or something, right? They take my belt away. They take my shoes. And then they put me in the drunk tank. The drunk tank with Mm -hmm. other people. And they say, you know, hey, we don't know when you're ever, we we don't know when we're going to come and get you. Like, what? I said, don't I get a call or something? Because I've never, you know, they gave me the thumbprint, put me on the thumbprint, everything. You know, and the police officers are kind of making fun of me, like, oh, you're big time real estate agent, you're big time businessman, and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're just being real jerks. And one lady says, Oh, your dad's not gonna be proud of you for this. Mm. I'm like, 
what? Like, what the hell is going on? So anyway, uh, they put me in the tank. They said, we don't, we don't know when we're going to come back and get you because you know what? We have to wait for a transportation. I said, what, what are you talking about? Oh my God. They were going to send you to Martinsville. They said, we're, we, we got to, our transporter, uh, he's not here yet. And he's got to take you to Martinsville. Holy shit. So we may not even get to you today. I have no idea. So anyway, they didn't get to me till like 9, 10, 11 o'clock. I don't even remember because, you know, I don't have any, you know. So the idea was for me to spend, for, for the court to be all, you know, everything, yeah. to be, right? And that's how they do. Like they they wanted, do that on purpose. But they did it on purpose for me because somebody thought that it would be funny to have me spend jail in Martinsville to be locked up in Martinsville over the weekend. Because Amy, they don't come to your office for a failure to appear. Nobody, if you have a a, uh, a ticket or whatever, or whatever, no one's office address is on there. Driver's right. license, yeah. The, the, yeah. It's not on there. The guy, I, and I'm like, hey, can I, can I at least tell somebody now that I'm leaving, can I at least tell my lawyer or tell someone that I'm going, that you guys are taking me, you know, because, you know, I'm freaking out now, but so the guy says, no, why are we going to do that? We're not going to tell somebody where you're at because I could be bombarded on the, you know, I, you, you have some of your friends, you know, shoot me down or, you know, I'm like, sorry, make what? you escape. Like, I'm like, what? this is a failure to appear. <laughs> I'm sorry. And and that you've got friends that are going to like orchestrate. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they put you, they put you in a, in a van that's unmarked with no windows. It is, it is the weirdest thing. And they shackle you, you shackle on my legs and my arm, my, my hands. And they put you in the back, they put me in the back of this thing and drove me to Martinsville to go to jail for the weekend. So, but I get there and they get me out and we go into the, the, the sheriff's office, you know, the jail and the guys there, the guys, they're saying, Hey, what the hell? <laughs> they said, what's going on? I said, why is he in shackles? Why, why do you have him in shackles? Well, you know, they we were just told what we we're supposed to do. They said, get him out of that. He's ar- he's already paid. We called your people down there. Everything was fine. His lawyer is here. Okay, they, they said, hey man, you want anything to drink? They, they, and the guys like our guys are like, hey, uh, shouldn't you put him in the this, you know, the, I was told to put him in, you know, and they're like, no, unshackle him. He's under our care now. Hey man, just sit here and we'll get the paper. We'll get we're gonna get the paperwork ready for you to leave. Oh my god. And then the guy left and he, they said, you know, somebody was fucking with you. Someone was mad at you. Someone down there in Bloomington was really messing with you. They they don't come to your office. Nobody, we, we didn't ask for this. You know, guarantee you it was that guy. Once you fuck with the police, okay. Or you with the share. Once you do that, it's a brotherhood. They will get back at you. And this thing about Friday afternoons, like that is a thing. That is a real thing. I know other stories about this. That's a thing. 
like arresting someone late Friday so that nothing can be done about it until Monday is is very real. Yeah, but they wanted me, a black man, a black businessman, to be in jail, Mm-mm. Martinsville, for the weekend. I should have known. I should always, like, it should be a thing that I know that whenever you're like, oh, I'll tell the second half later, it's something so much worse than I can imagine. Yeah. I feel like that's happened before where you're like, oh, I'll tell the rest later. Well, it's emotionally draining to actually yeah. go through it. So to actually right. tell that story, because for the longest time, I was embarrassed. You know, yeah. I thought, I thought, man, I mean, I, I, like, I'm so embarrassed. Like if somebody ever found out that I was a red, and now I realize I was being fucked with. Yeah, I made a mistake because I didn't, I ain't, but shit, that's not a big mistake. It's not, it's not in, it's not even any records anywhere that I've ever been arrested because they know that shit was wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't have an arrest record. It was BS. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so sorry. That's awful. That's so awful. And guys, we're not talking a, a long time ago. We're talking. That was in this last decade, right? Probably 12 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't as successful as I am now. I hate to say that. That sounds terrible. Oh, I'm successful. <laughs> That's not what I mean. But, you know, I was still well known. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like. Yeah. So if I can get treated like that, any person of color can get treated like that. Yeah. Just little minor. <laughs> I mean, think about it. How many of us have done that before? And you just go and you pay it or you pay it online or whatever. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But that is, I got handcuffed and shackled for that. Hmm. I started thinking about Lovecraft. The last two with the little girl. Yes. She's been put under a curse by a, poli- a white police officer. And it was almost like this empowering time because she's like getting stronger and she finally can like attack these monstrous little girls that are chasing her mm-hmm. but no one else can see the little girls so when her uncle comes in because he hears her screaming he holds her still and they get her but the next episode when they're trying to to help her they ask the magic woman and she says all i can do is is reset it we keep talking about racism and how dangerous systemic racism is like really dangerous the fixes that we're getting from police reform and stuff is like a reset it might help for today like for a few hours (laughs) but it'll come back like the the danger is still there you're not getting rid of the actual problem maybe black people or people of color they need the change to happen now they need changes now. And we're willing to take little changes here and there because it has to do with life and death. We can't wait for that moonshot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's it. I think maybe that's why Bernie sounded great. Like the ideas that he has, that sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. If things could really be changed that way, that dramatically. 
but we really need real change. Like that, I think that's why we, a Joe Biden will work for now. <laughs> you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Can we just get somebody that even gives a damn right now? Yeah, I, I think you can vote for Biden and acknowledge that that is not the solution. You know, that we need something, we need a lot more than what it appears he will offer. That's that same pattern is kind of in the same realm as the police either reform or, or defund. It'd be nice to defund, but I think we'll settle for, re there's a lot of us that will settle for reform. That's all I'm saying until, you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're willing for, to have that stop gap. Right. And I'm not speaking for everybody. God, I'm so not speaking. Black Lives Matter, you know, those folks want to defund. I think I would like to to defund. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, if that's possible. But I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's something that we can get half the country or even half of the people in this community to agree upon. <sighs> God, you know, you hate to sit there and say, oh, you have to, you have to meet people halfway when God damn it, nobody's met us halfway, you know? Kevin wrote, you have to plug the hole in the boat so you can bail the water. There you go. That's how, that's how it feels, Kevin. Maybe it sounds to some people like you're not going far enough. This is merely plugging the hole. We need to actually get the boat to where we're going, which is a more just place. Yeah. And hope that the boat isn't at the bottom of a muddy pond. Okay. Now you, you just take, you're taking the analogy. You're just, you're, <laughs> you know, and honestly, Amy, you know, there's a continual conversation. There are days that, and this will probably uh, haunt me if I ever run for anything, but there's days <laughs> that I want to say the police, you know, there really are. Well, I imagine particularly days that you're put in shackles in a van and driven to Martinsville. Or my son is, or they call CPS on me. Or mm -hmm. uh, I put in handcuffs and sat on the the front of my car for something, you know, because I didn't turn on my lights because it was after dusk. That's mm -hmm. happened before. Yeah. And damn, is that my fault? I guess that is my fault for not turning on my lights after dusk, right? Well, and then we might wonder like what what is the appropriate response to someone not turning on their lights? Like what is your end goal? For me to does tell someone someone help you get to that end goal. And I'm sure there are people who think it does. No, I, I love that. That yeah. Another statistic I let's get off the subject a little bit. What I what one thing that bugged me, I I listen to too much NPR. Is there ever too much NPR? Probably not. Or public radio? I Probably think there, not. There is. I'm I'm gonna fall on the side of sometimes there is too much NPR. I love Saturdays and and Sundays listening to public radio. Yeah. They said the current unemployment for African Americans is higher than the unemployment rate for people without a high school education do you guys want me to say that again you have a better chance of having of getting a job if you are a white person a white person with without a college no without a, a high, high school. school yeah education than a black person period 
that's not exactly right. But yes, that that is crazy if you think about that. When I feel like one thing that has changed for me over the last couple of years is when I feel myself getting super defensive, I stop and try to look at it instead of letting myself just barf out my defensiveness. And that's hard, but I think that's the only way that, that you can learn. And I think possibly white women need to do that a lot. What is oh. giving you hope? You know what? I really like Shit's Creek. <laughs> we haven't watched it yet, but I really want to. Oh my God. Amy, <laughs> you haven't watched Shit's Creek. Mm-mm. You will love that family. You will end up loving that town. It's not what you think it is. It's one of those things where you may start it and you're like, oh, this isn't like waiting for Godot or not waiting for Godot. That's something else. <laughs> waiting for a Guffman or, you know, because oh, yeah. the same people are sometimes in that, right? The, mm-hmm. the husband and wife there. You, you think it's going to be something else because, you know, this very rich family loses everything and has to go and they stay in this town that he had bought his son called Shit's Creek. He had mm-hmm. bought his son that as a, as a birthday gift, as a joke. It's the only thing that they own now. They own the town. And so they go and they have to live in this town and live in this hotel, this, this not hotel, this motel, this nasty little motel. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, imagine that, uh, these basically billionaires having to live there. We watched the last one. And like, you know, when, you, when you're done with something and you actually miss the people, Mm-hmm. And you met it like you, I, I, you have to actually watch it. You wish that the rest rest of the world were this accepting of people being who they are. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Okay. What about you? What do you, what do you, uh, what are you hopeful for? I feel pretty hopeful that we get to keep having these conversations and that you show up for these, despite how hard it is. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening. And, you show wow. up too. You've got stories too. Yes, I do. So, so yeah, we're we're in this together. And I do think when we were talking earlier about you know like stopgap measures, I think that that we keep talking to people that keep listening. Yeah. All right, guys. Love All you right. both. You too. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKee, LCSW, took place in separate locations in Bloomington, Indiana, on Monday, October 19, 2020, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKees. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. Today, this is my racist friend. My name is Amy, <laughs> and this is Don Griffin. We're going to talk to you about the messy things in life. <laughs> is that sufficient? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs>